Uh, we're going to be in Galatians uh, chapter 5 today. Got a really good message that I think is going to help a lot of us. Um, and I'm really encouraged by, it's like I was making coffee this morning. Well, the coffee pot was making coffee. Decaf, mind you, I drink decaf. Uh, can you imagine me on caffeine? And, uh, but anyway, I'm, I'm going to preach to you about broken after redemption. And I got to thinking about this. Uh, a few weeks ago, it seems like, have you ever noticed that there are some people um, in their relationship with Jesus, it's like, okay, they may have uh, drank, they may have been on drugs, they may have uh, been a sex addict or, or whatever they may have been going through, but when they got saved, all that went away. It's like all of it went away, and they never fought with it again. But then there's people that get saved, and that particular thing keeps, to, keeps coming up, whether it's alcohol or sex or drugs or, you know, greed, whatever it may be. And, and, I, and I was asking the Lord about that the other day, because it, it's like we're a new creation in Christ when we get saved. All things are new. The Bible tells us all things are passed away because we are now new. And I'm thinking, okay, what is causing the communication error between the spirit and the flesh that the flesh continues to try to rule the spirit? So I got into this, and so I come up with this sermon topic that the, that the Lord gave me, broken after redemption. How many times have you heard that we're flawed? How many times have you ever heard there were flawed. It's like people say this all the time. They say, I'm a flawed human being. I'm not perfect. I, I, there, I can't seem to get it right. And I'm flawed. Um, well, I looked up the word flawed. Here's what flawed means. Define, when you define the word flawed, it means blemished, damaged, or imperfect in some way. Well, here's the thing that you have to understand. Is that your flesh may have been flawed. But when Jesus comes into your life and you accept him into your heart and life, Carlos, all that is wiped away. Your history no longer exists in God's sight. I don't know if you know this or not, but God has amnesia. You're thinking, well, what do you mean God has amnesia? God forgets your sins as if you never committed them. Isn't that good? That's what the, that's shouting ground right there. You know that, that, that girl that you were in the backseat of your car with when you were in high school? Or that guy that you were running around with, sleeping with before you got saved? And you asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins. He doesn't remember that. All gone. Every drug you took. Anything you smoked, anything you drank, anything you slept with, <laughs> it's all gone at your salvation experience. That's what the Word says. <coughs> so why do you tell people that you're blemished, damaged, and imperfect? Look at Galatians chapter 5, starting at verse 16. Man, I feel the power of God on that. Here's what it says in, in Galatians chapter 5, 16. It says, This I say then, 
Walk in the Spirit that you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The reason why there's broken after redemption is people continue to... I'm glad this is being recorded because I'll forget it. The reason why that people continue is because they are living their history. That is not in my notes. I just got that. You cannot live your history. Because in God's sight, your history does not exist. It does not exist. Hallelujah. What you did does not exist. That's good. Are you feeling it? <laughs> you feel the Holy Ghost over there? When we walk in the Spirit, we shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Verse 17 says, for, and I'm, gonna, I'm giving you the, an idea of why these things come up. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh... And these are contrary one to another, so that you cannot do the things which you would. And I began to look that up, because I thought, there's got to be something to that. Listen to what the NIV says. So that you are not able to do whatever you want. See, you have a spirit that God inter interchanges. When you get saved, he intertwines with your spirit. And his spirit. His spirit comes inside of you and it lives. All right. So you have his spirit inside of you. All right. But then you have a flesh and you have a sinful nature that is here. Anywhere the Bible talks about, uh, about the flesh, it needs to be crucified. It needs to be put on the cross. And that's your emotions. That's your, that's your uh, people say, uh, you know, well, that person made me mad or, or, or this kind of thing. Or, or people have anger issues. These things are the things that you have to put on the cross daily. Until you get victory over it, put it on the cross. When you get victory over it and it no longer, you know, I don't know about you. And I, and I don't bleed to the congregation very often. But I've really... I've had some huge shoulder issues over the past six months. I mean, aching, toenail, hurting. You know what I'm saying? And, and I mean, to where, you know, it's like you go to the doctor and say, Doc, it hurts when I do this. And he tells you, well, don't do that. That was a joke. And, and, and you got it, didn't you? And, and so when I thought through the process... But, but guess what? As I've worked through my healing, as I've worked through my healing, as I've worked through speaking to Jesus about it, talking to Jesus about it, it doesn't hurt anymore. It doesn't hurt anymore. And, and so, therefore, and, and, and let me tell you something that, that um, happened last week. Last week, we were with John and Stephanie uh, our son and our daughter-in-law in Lexington. <laughs> and they took us hiking. Well, I've been wanting to hike for a couple of years. I even mentioned it to Christy. I said, I want to start hiking. I talked to Brad Duffield about it uh, not long ago. And I said, hey, Brad, give me some trails that we can start hiking. So we went on a seven-mile hike um, in Lexington. 54 years old, and we hiked. 
First time ever being in the woods, because there's other people in there too. First time that I've ever said excuse me to someone in the woods. Sam, you and I hunt together. You, you uh, give me the opportunity to hunt on your property. Have we ever told anybody to excuse us except for that doe on the hill? That's our girlfriend, that doe up on the hill. Sam won't shoot her, neither will I. <laughs> and I said, excuse me to these people in the woods. So I came home and went to Walmart. And I bought me a pair of nice hiking boots. You say, well, you can't buy a nice hiking boot. I bought some nice hiking boots. And I bought me a, a backpack and all this kind of stuff. All right, so something else that I've been wanting to do is, um, is to start riding my bike more. There was a bike up here for a, a, um, a, a yard sale, and Kelly Wayne says, you know, just take that bike home. So I took the bike home. I've been wanting a bike, and, and so I took that bike home, and it's been sitting in the garage. Occasionally, I would ride it. Nick rode it the other day, and, and so um, I thought, well, I got to have another bike. So I went and bought Christy a bike. Got a hitch put on my car so I can put that hitch on there and all that kind of stuff, and that works. Well, my kayaks are at Sam's house, Sam and Kelly's house. The only time that we can kayak is when we're with them. And I've got a lot of places at home that I can kayak. So, uh, <clears throat> so here's what the fall looks like. Here's what John and Christy are. We're bikers, we're hikers, and we're kayakers. And that all rhymed. I don't even know why I told you that. It was my short shoulder. But I want you to know that I am so thankful that I can get out and enjoy nature. I read something on one of the podcasts this past week that said this, that if you spend more time in nature, you'll be less anxious or depressed. So if you are that way, I encourage you to find some woods somewhere. As we walk in the Spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh, which will take care of the brokenness after redemption. Verse 18 says this, but if you be led of the Spirit, you are no longer under the law. <laughs> what does it mean to be led by the Spirit? That means to be obedient to what the Lord is saying to you. That if the Lord speaks to you, just like, just like uh, not long ago, the Lord spoke to me to go see a doctor friend of mine. And so I scheduled, I said, okay, Jesus, the next day, I, I mean, that day I scheduled an appointment and I went to see this doctor friend of mine. I even paid the $45 to cover his time. And I said, Jesus brought me to here today to talk to you. I said, he brought me here to talk to you today. And I says, and I want to tell you a few things. And I got to share some things with him. I got to talk to him. He's a believer. He loves Jesus. He said, I needed that today. Today I needed that, he said. He texted me a couple days ago and thanked me again for coming to be. Look, we have to be led of Jesus we have to be led of Jesus, who we marry, who we date, where we work, where we go to church. What we do, we have to be led of Jesus. 
Stop doing things on a whim or because you have indigestion. Don't think that God is indigestion. Start being obedient to God and saying, and, and, and uh, like I said, don't call the Holy Spirit something. That something has, has told me to, to do this. It's God that's speaking to you about things. Know his voice. Another way to keep you from being broken is to listen to the voice of the Lord. Verse 18. Now listen to this. It says, and I want to read it again because I want to show you something. <laughs> but if ye be led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. You say, well, what does that mean? Here's what the, the New Living Translation says. It says, but when you are directed by the Spirit of God, you are no longer obligated to the law of Moses. No longer at that point are you obligated to the law of Moses, but you're being led of the Spirit. Now, the works of the flesh, in verse 19, are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness. You know what those things are? The act of flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery. Debauchery is this, it says, refers to engaging in extreme forms of body-pleasing activities generally considered to involve sex, alcohol, and drugs. I see this, and I see where people today that have accepted Jesus into their life and their heart, but they continue to struggle in these areas. And, and, and people ask me, they say, why? Well, it's the brokenness of the past. And so if you can forget your past and begin to press towards the mark of the high calling of God and be led of Jesus, then I guarantee you the Spirit of God will not tell you to smoke it, drink it, or sleep with it. The Spirit of God is not going to tell you to do that. You have to be obedient to the Lord Get this brokenness out of you and crucify the flesh. Is it hard to do that? Yes, the flesh wants its way. It wants its way. <coughs> Man, I can tell you, there are things that I would love to eat, but I don't. My flesh wants, your flesh will crave stuff at the worst times. Your flesh will crave, you, you know what the worst thing in the world to do before you go to bed is to eat a bowl of cereal. You want sugar diabetes? Keep doing it. It'll happen. I mean, because you're eating sugar. And, and you know what my body wants before I go to bed? A bowl of cereal. So I eat oatmeal. What I hope this is helping you today from brokenness to, to after redemption that you have to think through the process of verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are all these things. And then we have in verse 20 we have witchcraft and hatred and variance, emulation, strife, wrath, seditions and heresies. What is that? Witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, 
Wrath is listed as fits of rage. Selfish ambition. Dissension. You know, a person, people get integrity mixed up. Integrity is not what a person does in, in public, but what a person does in private. So how are you behind closed doors? How are you with your husband or with your wife? Or how are you with your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your coworkers or this kind of thing? And here's what I'm saying to you. I'm talking about, here's what the scripture says. Fits of rage, wrath, strife, selfish ambition. How do you do with that? You know what selfish ambition is? Manipulation, control. People will use this to get a person in bed for sex or to take over their business or to, uh, to, to, to work to their advantage. They have to be so careful with selfish ambition. It's part of crucifying the flesh that we get these things under control so that we can walk in the Spirit of God. Dissension, which is disagreements that lead to discord. When you define dissension and you look, it's a state of conflict uh, even with an organization. Verse 21, envying, murder, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of which I tell you before that I have told you in times past that they which do these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So all those things we've been looking at will keep you out of heaven. <coughs> That's what it says. Read it. Read it right there. That they which do these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. That's not my words. That's the word of God. My job as a pastor is to do this. I have to stand up here and sell you something and get you to believe it. That you need it. That you need to buy it. You, you say, what are you talking about? I'm trying to get you to believe the Word of God and what it says so that you don't go out and live wrong. That you live right. That you live in the Spirit of God. That you don't have fits of rage and carry on and act up. <clears throat> now, can you do that? Absolutely. But if you keep the flesh under submission, these things won't happen. Let me give you a statement. Fornication. Adultery. Um, what was the other one that I give? Uh, let's see here. Uh, debauchery, which is engaging in forms of self-pleasing activity. Uh, generally... Involved in sex, alcohol, and drugs. Can I, can I give you a statement here? If I did those things, my board would want my head on a platter. I'm not talking about you all. I'm talking about the board of director, directors of the Pulse Incorporated would want my head on a platter. 
but how come you get away with it and I don't? How come you all can do those kind of things, but I can't? It's like I don't demand your head on a platter, but I guarantee you, you got a man of God, you got a preacher standing behind the pulpit, and something comes out on him. Well, we got to get rid of him. But you all get to stay. Isn't that amazing? And people in the church do the same things that preachers do. But they get to stay, but the preacher has to go. I've been doing this a long time. I've seen it. I've seen it. It is the truth. Yes, it is. Now, let me give you, let me give you uh, what verse 21 says in the NIV. We have envying, murder, drunkenness, revelings. That is envy. The NIV says this. Envy, drunkenness, orgies, orgies, or any other sins like these. I warn you, as I did before, that these things who that these people who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. We have to live like Jesus. And I know sometimes it's not easy. I know it's not easy. But God can help us. There's a cost in walking with Jesus. And so I ask you today, are you, are you able to pay that cost? See, Jesus paid the cost at Calvary for redemption, for our redemption. We have to pay the cost for the flesh. It's a two-part deal. We pay the cost for the flesh, keeping it under submission, and he takes care of the redemption part. It works that way. And the two intertwine with each other. Let me tell you something. Whatever you spend the most time with, whatever you, whatever you spend the most time with, whatever you're with the most, is what you'll act like. It's a truth. What you put inside of you is who you are. And if you're putting Jesus inside of you, then guess what? Jesus is going to come out. But if you put the world in you, <coughs> guess what's going to come out? The world. And the problem is, is I think there's such an identity crisis within the church today that the world is confused. The world's confused. But have you ever heard people say that? I heard this not long ago. Well, they're a Christian. Really? I heard that the other day. Somebody said, I said, yeah, they're a Christian. Really? And this person that said, really, wasn't a Christian. But a non-Christian, Carlos, knows. A non-Christian knows how you should act as a believer. Not that they know how to believe, but they know how you should live. It's amazing every time. So there's a cost in self-denial. There's a cost in walking with God so we are not paying the cost. And here's, and let me give you this in, in, in closing here today. And, and I love this. I read it on the podcast all the time. And I, I hope you never get sick of it. But we need this. Here, here, let me read this to you in Romans chapter 6. 
Then shall we say then, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us were baptized unto Jesus Christ, were baptized unto his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism unto death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of his Father, even so we should walk in the newness of life. If you're blood-bought, your history has been wiped away. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we should also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that the old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, and henceforth we shall not do what? Serve sin. What does it mean to serve somebody? It means to wait on them. So if we are believers in Christ, then why are we feeding sin? Why are we feeding temptation? Why are we feeding these things? It's because we have a flesh that has to be crucified. <coughs> that the old man is crucified because we're walking in the newness of life. So if you accept Jesus today, and you say, Father, come into my life and forgive me of all my sins. Live in, live in my life. You pray that prayer all and mean it in your heart. Not because you got caught, but because you meant it. All those sins are wiped away. And you walk in the newness of God. You can ask Pastor Jay Mace. Ask him next time you see him when he got saved. He said today. You see him tomorrow. You say, Jay, when did you get saved? today he says I walk in the newness every day he says I walk in the newness of life every day it's dying out to sin knowing this that the old man is crucified with him that you might be it might be destroyed and you shall not serve sin for he that is dead is free of sin for now if we are dead with Christ we believe that we should also live with him Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more, dieth, death has no more dominion over him. For in that he has died, he died unto sin once, but in the living he liveth also unto God. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, which means to crucify the flesh and give it up, but alive in God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Verse 12 says, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey the lust thereof. You cannot allow your flesh to lead you. Allow the Spirit of God to lead you. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield your members unto God. One of the biggest members that people have in their lives is their mouth. They allow their mouth to speak negative. They allow their mouth to criticize others. They, they, they use their mouth to slander others. Don't allow that to be an instrument of unrighteousness. We need to learn how to uplift, edify, and encourage one another in spite of our faults. And God knows I've got a few. I've got many. But yield yourself unto God that those that are alive from the dead. Now think of that. That's kind of an oxymoron, is it not? 
alive from the dead, that your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law of Moses, but under grace. Isn't that wonderful? We're under grace. We're not under the law of Moses anymore. We're, the blood has been spilled. <laughs> Jesus took his blood in Hebrews. It tells us that he took his blood to the mercy seat of God. And absolutely, you have to know who you are in Christ. That when God, God Almighty himself looks at you, if you are saved, then you are faultless before the throne. Think of that. That I ought to just move the pew or the, the pulpit here so that you can run around here and say, Hallelujah, I'm blameless. I'm faultless before the throne of God. But then people say, Well, can't quit cussing. Can't quit drinking, can't quit smoking, can't quit this, can't quit that, can't quit this. Do you know that Christianity is not always about things that you have to quit, but it's about things you have to start? But remember, you have this flesh that can be put under submission. The Spirit of God is saying, now, and you say, now, now let me run a disclosure. Let me explain. Because we are under grace... That gives you the freedom. Listen to this. It gives you the freedom <laughs> to walk faultless before the throne of God. It doesn't give you the freedom to sin. It gives you the freedom to be holy, to be righteous. The reason why we're still broken after salvation is if your flesh that is broken and not your spirit. Let me give you a scripture. John, John, or James chapter 1, 4 through 8. James chapter 1, 4 through 8. Let me give you this. James chapter 1, 4 through 8. 4 through 8. Listen to this. But let four through, I always turn to James 1. Let me go to James 4. And as we go again, 4 through 8. Here we go. Ye adulterers. No. James 1, 4 through 8. I was there the first time. Here we go. But let patience have her perfect work. That ye may be manifest and entirely wanting nothing. Do you know that your spirit lacks nothing? The spirit of God inside of you lacks nothing. It has no needs. It needs nothing. It says, verse 5, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all, He's no, he doesn't discriminate, men at all. Okay, understand this. Not as it is given, literally, or upbraidingly. But he says in verse 6, But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of a sea, driven with the winds and tossed. 
For let not a man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord, because a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Anybody, we watched uh, The Perfect Storm last night. George Clooney, you remember the movie? Here's, here's the thing that I don't understand about that. It's like they, they're reliving this movie, and they have no clue what happened. Because none of them survived. We don't know if a shark come up and tried to eat that guy's, uh, that guy's leg. We don't know if that really happened. The only thing that we do know is what, uh, what the, uh, the Coast Guard knew and, and that, that helicopter that crashed. We do know that. But what went on board of that, uh, of that vessel, we don't have a clue. But they make you believe. You say, well, what are you mentioning that? When you see... That boat in that storm being tossed to and fro, that is how some people's minds are, Tim. Never any peace. Never any rest. I'm 10 hours from my pilot's license. 10 hours. I flew on Thursday for uh, almost two hours. I'm, I'm, I'm winding down. I'm getting ready to take my test. They said, by October 1st, I'll have my license. Kelly, you're the first ride. There were literally, I was, I'm flying in Charleston right now because that's where everything is. And I look over here, and I see it raining. I can literally see the rain. And I looked over at Steve, the pilot, and I said, look at that raining. He said, yeah, he said, that weird. Looked over here, it was raining. But everywhere that we were, it was calm. The air was still. Now, I learned to fly in Braxton County, West Virginia. And if it's almost a gale storm, I'll say, let's go. Because the weather is not always good around these mountains, and it's choppy and it's bumpy. But it wasn't the other day in Charleston. It was absolutely calm. That's how I like my mind to be. John, I don't have any trouble sleeping. I don't care what's going on in my life. My mom always said, it concerns me, son. You sleep too hard. And it's like, man, I can remember, I say, my, I say a prayer before I go to bed, and sometimes I don't remember laying my head on the pillow. Just out. But there's some people are tormented in their mind. The torment is in between the ears. And that's what causes you to, so to speak, be in a perfect storm. Don't be double-minded. And let me tell you something else not to be. is, is Revelation chapter 3, 16. So that they that are lukewarm are neither cold nor hot, nor will I spew them out of their mouth. I looked up what the word lukewarm means, showing little enthusiasm. Last night, we did seven miles on the boulevard on bikes. I ran into a friend of mine, didn't really literally run into him. He was standing there with his two kids. Christy was ahead of me. 
And I'll tell you who it was. It was Rick Lord from WCHS-TV, who used to be on, the, on TV. And I, so, I mean, I immediately, when I saw him, I waved at him, and I went, stopped. And I said, where have you been? What's going on? And I used to work with his wife at the bank, and, and so we were talking, and he said, well, I left and not spent enough time with the family, blah, 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 and that kind of thing, and I'm looking for the next opportunity. Well, I look up. Christy wasn't waiting on me. She was gone. And it was getting dark, and she was gone. So I said, I got to go. And I took off. You say, well, what's that got to do? I was enthusiastic to catch her. You want to pick up your speed in running or anything that you do? Run, let somebody run ahead of you, and then you catch them in a sprint. That'll pick your times up. And buddy, I was getting it. I finally caught her. Run over two or three people, but I finally caught her. So here's the question is, what are you enthusiastic about? Are you enthused in your relationship with Jesus? Are you enthused? <coughs> you know, I can sit and talk about flying all day because I'm enthused about it. But I can tell you something else. I'm enthused about Jesus, and I can talk to you about him too. I can spend just a little bit of time with you and know where you are with Jesus. Know if you even have a relationship with Jesus. So the question is, are people confused when they look at your actions? Are they confused when they look at your actions? You say, well, what do you mean? Are, are you godly in business? Are you godly in your actions? Are you godly in your pri private time? Are you godly when you go out and eat and when you do this? Pastor Jay and I had breakfast on Friday and um, we were talking about a few things that were coming up. And I had done a job for somebody and then I, they paid me $200 to do it. And Jay said, do you have a couple bucks on you? And I said, for, I said, for the tip, we went to Tudor's in Nitro. And, and I said, no, I said, but let's do something. He said, what do you mean? I pulled out a $20 bill. That, that, was the, that was the tithe off of that $200 that I got. And I said, let's give it to her. I went out to the car and I got a cross. And I come in and I was so excited. I was so giddy. And I said, let's give it to her. So I handed her that $20 bill and that cross. And I looked at her and I said, I want you to know something. I said, Jesus loves you so much. He loves you so much, and we just want to bless you today in Jesus' name. Lindsay used to, she used to be a waitress when you lived in Ohio. She said the worst day of the week was Sunday when the church people were there. Why was that, Lindsay? Was they rude? They was rude? Was they hateful? <laughs> Do what? really bad. Now, mind you, that's Ohio. You can expect it out of people in Ohio. <laughs> but she also waited tables in West Virginia, too, and she said it was bad here, too. If people have to ask you if you're a Christian, don't you think you should probably do a checkup from the neck up on that? Don't be lukewarm. Be what God's called you to be. I hope that helps you stand up and give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. And let me tell you something. He's worthy. He's a worthy God.
You don't have to be broken after, after redemption. You don't have to be broken after that. Let me tell you something. You're not flawed. The devil is telling you that you may be flawed. You may have a past history of things that are wrong and things that happen within your life. But as you walk with Jesus, let me tell you something. Do you know that, here's a clock. We have this here. Okay, what's the red hand? Okay, see, right there. As that clicks, the second before is now history. Look at that. It's all history. Right, what, what, what I was talking about here was history. There's now, there's history. Some of you need to bury your past along with your dead dog. And sometimes you need to just clear your head. The altar is open today. If you need to talk to Jesus about something, you could do it in your pew, I mean, in your seat, you could do it wherever. But let me tell you something. You are a new creation. Don't let the devil tell you anything any different. But you walk in the newness of God, and you won't be broken. I promise you. Jesus, we love you today. We thank you today for who you are and for what you're doing. I pray you bless your people today as we, as we come into the end of this service. Lord, we, we just pray you speak to people to walk with Jesus. And we give you thanks and praise and honor because it's in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Anyone have a need? Uh, we want to pray for Brenda. Brenda's having, um, I don't know if you all know this or not. Come up here, Brenda. Things got heavy. Um, we were having praise and worship in here one Sunday morning. You remember that? And um, I was playing piano. It, it, we were doing rehearsal. And I said, Brenda, I said, I got a prayer for you. I said, I got a prayer on me. And I went over and I, and I prayed a prayer. And I tell you what, heaven came down. We didn't even have anybody here. It's just several of us. And the Holy Spirit came down. And well, I mean, Jesus was here. And I'm telling you, I don't worry about you. I pray for you. But I'm telling you what, I believe that prayer took. I believe that you are healed in Jesus' name. And I don't come off of that. I don't come off of that. I don't. So what we prayed with her about, you can put your arm around me. Your husband's over there, but that's okay. This is the mother of our church. The Lord spoke to me about that, that Carlos is the father of our church and that, that Brenda is the mother of our church, our spiritual mother and father of our church. Meet my niece. Meet your niece. You're behind on Christmas presents. <laughs> But I'll tell you something, I've not worried about you, and i tell you what, I just know that you're in the hands of God, and they're going to do a procedure tomorrow to go in and, and check, uh, they're going in your bladder, they're going in her bladder, and they're going to check, and I believe that prayer took, I'm just expecting a, a tremendous report, and then on Tuesday, you're going to the eye doctor, right? I know I know all this stuff on you, your husband told me. And so, um, we're going to believe for just total healing. Total healing. Now, the prayer that I prayed over there, I, I haven't touched that prayer since. The eyes, I want to pray for. I want to pray for the eyes. Let me get the oil here. This is the oil that, uh, that uh, did you enjoy Dr. James Wright last week? 
this is the oil that he dumped on my head. If you want to go into the study in there, you will see the suit that I wore when he, uh, when he dumped oil and my shirt is soaked and all this kind of stuff. And I told Christy, I said, I'll never wear that suit again. And I'll never wear that shirt again or that robe. But this is the oil that, uh, that he used on me. And so it's been blessed. And so in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Brenda, I speak your eyes healed in the name of Jesus. The Bible says, whatsoever I ask in his name, I'll do it for you. And Jesus, I'm asking you to do it for her. I ask, your, I ask you, Lord, for 20-20 vision out of these eyes. And I thank you, God, for this, this mother, Father God of our church, knowing that you've done a healing from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. And I thank you, God. I praise you for a touch from heaven. In Jesus' name. Amen. We choose to believe, not the report, not to walk in denial that things don't exist, but we choose to walk and believe God's word that you are healed, whole, and well in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand, clap, and praise. Amen. No doubt. If you're not where you need to be with Jesus, you can change. Just say, Father, forgive me of my sin. Come into my life and live. Forgive me of everything that I've done. You don't have to even name it. You just tell him to forgive you. And he forgives you of your sins. Cast them as far as the east is from the west. In Jesus' name, I thank you, God, for what you're doing and how you're blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God's faithful. You have not seen. Who sees you see hi baby you've not seen this is our grandbaby our second grandbaby isn't she cute I love you so much you're so cute she's very easy too isn't she she grabbed a hold of that microphone <laughs> we just got that microphone yeah. that thing is, yeah, don't break the huh same, she has the same hair, hairstyle. It, if, it, it's really funny because she, she looks like, uh, she looks like uh, Brent. She looks like Brent, which is Nick's dad. And she looks like me. And so she's just a cross mix between the two of us. But you're so cute. Oh, so cute. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, there's that smile. I'll tell you what. If I'd have thought grandbabies were that much fun, we'd have just bypassed the kids and went straight to the grip. No, not really. <laughs> I pray you have a great day. Now what? Yes. Oh yeah, the next Sunday. Four-wheeler ride at starts at Sam and Kelly's house at what time? 3:30. 3:30. Here's the thing, if you if you just have two wheels or you only have three, get the fourth one on. It'll be more fun. Emma's birthday's tomorrow and Sandy Stouts is today. How will you be tomorrow? Gosh, John Sandy's got shoes that old. He probably still, you probably do, don't you? <laughs> well, let's sing. You ready? Happy birthday to you. 
Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Emmett and Sandy. Happy birthday to you. Amen. You want to hear some more good news? J.D. and Dawn have moved back. Isn't that good? Yeah. I'm so thankful. We got somebody who likes to cook. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm telling you, God is faithful. And she, yeah, she can cook. And you got J.D. on the sound. Of course, we're up there during John Sandy's connect group trying to figure out what was wrong and that speaker wasn't turned on. I think it's the place to fall apart if Andy Stout wasn't here on the soundboard. Oh, Lord. God's faithful, is he not? Barb's out of town today. Pray for her. Uh, the Stouts are out of town. Pray for them. And uh, we just pray that you have a great day. Father, we pray over the children that have started back to school. Father God, we pray against temptation. We pray against uh, abuse. Father God, we just pray against peer pressure. And Father God, we believe that if we can minister to the kids, then they'll start seeing them saved in the school system. And Father, we thank you. We praise you. Pray for safety in Jesus' name. We just pray for the ones that are out of town, ones that are traveling. Father, we just pray for a great time. We pray for traveling mercy. And God, we love you and we thank you for it because it is in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Have a great day and we'll see you next week.